I'm excited to introduce our guest today. It is none other than Adam Meister, who you may know from his Bitcoin channel over on YouTube, The Bitcoin Meister. He has been in the Bitcoin space since about 2013. Loud, brash personality, and we are excited to welcome you. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, just making sure you can hear me. You guys hear me all right? Excellent. We can hear and see you. Just uh, just when I started, I unfortunately I checked another website because I thought there was some breaking news, and there wasn't, and it slowed down my browser. So I, I just want to make sure I I will fix that right now. Sorry about you that. Are... All right, uh, we lost him. <laughs> the timing <laughs> is perfect. Welcome to Bitcoin Magazine Live, folks, where there are technical issues every day. The... Whoa. You back? Yeah, it should be. I have no uh, idea. My browser just slowed down. That's all. I should be fine. No, we're good. We're, right. good we're good now. Adam, really? what did I forget? What did I miss in our introduction? What did I not cover? Dudes, I got the best energy in the freaking space. That's what you should have said, baby. I've been bringing this since freaking 2013, okay? That's when I got my first two Bitcoin, all right? And they're still there. But I got a lot more than two now, of course. And I've been just telling people to buy and hold. And I've been waking people up. You know, I know you guys are chilled out and all that stuff. This is not about being chilled out, baby. This is about living your freaking life. And man, I have been traveling around the world, talk, seeing Bitcoin in person, going to events, just living it up, living the Bitcoin lifestyle. And just people, it's boring just to buy and hold. No, baby, it's not boring. And it's very nice. And if you can't take it, you got no long-term thinking. You got no patience. You got no convictions. If you can't just simply hold on to it. You know what you guys you guys were talking about beforehand about basically a bunch of people that don't even read the things they're quoting. They're just trying to fit in. Nobody uses their heads anymore. It's just a little Twitter impulsive type of world. Don't be impulsive. Actually take time to think. That's what I'm all about. And there you go. Let's start this baby off. All right. I'm going to start it off with some breaking news. I'm sorry, Adam, because that was fucking epic. I loved every second of that. But I am now getting word that it is official from the royal family's Twitter account that the Queen of England has just died. Yeah. So that's what I had gone to check. And then it slowed down my whole browser. Jeez. So, yeah. Our, I mean, we all die oh. eventually. Dudes. I mean, is that going to – are all the freaking impulsive people going to crash the Bitcoin price and panic because of such a ludicrous thing? It seems like every ludicrous piece of news – but that's just ludicrous piece of news. We knew she was going to die. Oh, what? Should we bow down the King Charles now? What's it all about? Come on, you – all these centralized people that must worship the monarch. People want to have – want Biden to be just like her. And guess what? He's going to end up just like her. It ends, ends up to all of us. Okay, it's newsworthy. Move on. Buy and hold Bitcoin. This is a Bitcoin channel, not a freaking worshiping the monarchy. My fuck boy. yes, let's oh. go. Yo, someone clip that segment so I can show my bosses that. <clears throat> well, you inspired right. me immediately. I changed the title to uh, "Use Your Fucking Brain Buy Bitcoin." So I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Adam, how did Bitcoin come on your radar? For our audience who isn't familiar with you, like. What happened in 2013 that led you down the orange rabbit hole? It's just noise. Oh, no, we lost you again. Okay, wait, you're back. Sorry. I got into it in 2011. I first heard about it in 2011. What got me down a rabbit hole was I had lived a pretty 
traditional life, you know, going to college, just getting the grades, thinking you're going to get a good job, blah, 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 blah. And the government is the government. Just the government is there. That is what I always thought. That's the most normy thing there is. We must have a government. And it was 2008 when I started reading these alternative economic sites that really opened up my mind to different types of governance, be it political, be it economic. And that just led me down, you know, these alternative economic sites led me to Bitcoin. And so I had, it was really 2008 that my mind really started getting rewired in terms of like, we don't need a government. Uh, unfortunately, most of these, the 80 percenters of, I, I, I say, they, they, they seem to need it. I mean, they, it was like. No, Q, are you still there? I am. Come on. I am. So, I am. It's so it's me that keeps going down then. Adam, I'm afraid so, man. Your internet, it goes from like 100% full blast. Let's fucking go Bitcoin to. It's because you keep bringing up the state. Uh, We've learned this lesson. They don't like us talking bad about them. So you have to use code words a little bit more. No, fuck that. Let's keep going. It's the, the, the issue is here. I heard you here in Bend, Oregon. I'm in Bend right now. Nice. All these people people moved here. You know, see all the California license plates. I'm just here for a month. And their internet is terrible. It's it's bad. It's it's really weird. But no. So yeah, that just my origin story is yeah. I got an alternative economic sites, alternative, you know, anarchy sites, and that led me to Bitcoin. And then, uh, so I was 2013. Uh, to tell you the truth, Coinbase made it easy to buy it. So I was a little bit being an American. I didn't like wiring money to Japan. So I decided it's easy now. This is a sign from above. Time to spend twelve hundred dollars on two Bitcoin. So I did. What a worthy investment and use of some fake paper money, as I like to say. Adam, as we talk about, you know, what this bear market has turned into, and we see that just like many a bear markets in the past, everyone turns on each other. We fight we fight amongst family and friends in, in the Bitcoin space. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this bear market compared to bear markets in the past that you've lived through. So yeah, 2014, there were people that legitimately thought it was going to die, but we made it through there. And after that moment, there should be no one saying going to zero, but those trolls come back every single time. But that was the ultimate time when it was proven in 2014. So that that was very much different because there was a legitimate fear that it, it, it could go to zero. 2018 was we were joined by our ICO friends. <laughs> And so it was kind of a contagion type of thing coming from all different directions, a lot of unemployment in the space, a lot of sadness, events stopped. This time around, events are still going. You could still get a job. Things are still running smoothly. The whole world knows about it. it, it, on a, it it's, it, it's intertwined with the macro level stuff much more this time. But I, I got to tell you, the the opportunity is out there right now to even just get a job right now. I, I'm helping people get jobs. Okay. It's the price is down. That's about it. That's the worst of it. The price is down. This, this time around, it was brought on by greedy people wanting yield. Not greedy. I don't want to say greedy. People wanting yield. Yield really brought a lot of explosion here and contagion all over the place. People thought, oh, I'm getting 9% at this third party. Nothing could go wrong. It, it, it went wrong. But that should just be a, a lesson learned is that 
no matter what, people are going to want yield. And that is why Ethereum is going to get pumped, by the way. Bitcoin does not deliver yield. And well, it does with a, when, when they fork off, when we get these crypto dividends, which I encourage if people think Bitcoin is destroying the environment, make your ESG Bitcoin and we'll get it for free. It will fail. Maybe Elizabeth Warren will promote it as the real Bitcoin. Go ahead, make my freaking day, pound that like button because it will fail. I have lived through the Bcash thing. I've lived through it all. That's how you get yield on Bitcoin when these haters create fake Bitcoins, which is good. Let them do it. Compete, don't complain, etc. But the normies out there won't yield. That I mean, you have to admit that. We cannot deny reality. So that was something that was different with this, this bear market. But you really shouldn't worry about this bear market. It could continue for, for <laughs> we, we're not out of the woods yet. I mean, we could still get back to where we were back on Juneteenth or Juneteenth week, weekend. We touched in the 17s, the 18s, whatever. That was a little unexpected. We could still get back there. But dudes, you could still get a job in this case. There's still, still great events going on. That really like stopped in 2018. Like there were no more events. It was just done and you couldn't get a job. But young people, get a job. Don't, don't cry about the queen. Go out there. Contact some of these founders on Twitter. Instead of cursing at people on Twitter, there's a lot more cursing on, tw on Twitter this time around, too. The whole crypto Twitter is much bigger, much larger. So a lot more crybabies this time. Instead of being, you know, being a complainer, compete. Don't complain. Go get a job. People are hiring and become rich like me. Tell them that like button. Love, love that. Love that. I want to unpack two things. I want to start with 2014. And then I want to actually go to the statement you just made, compete, don't complain. When you say in 2014, we, there was a genuine chance to go to zero, like forgive the ignorance here, but what was, what was the catalyst? What were the things that was causing the fear and the speculation that this could go to zero potentially? that every single person would just abandon it. I mean, people, and that there was still a chance technically it could explode. I didn't believe that it could go to zero. I, I was, I had full faith and confidence, but this was, you, you couldn't eliminate it from your mind yet. It hadn't bounced back from something this crippling from the, the Mount Gox was still in the air. And would people just consider it something that was so fringe that it would be forgotten? I mean, you've got to remember back then there was no mainstream coverage, nothing. There were no channels. I didn't even really, I made a few videos at that point. I mean, there was, there were, Coinbase was all, all there was in, in the United States, the easy way to get it. And it was good that that was around, but it was complex. I mean, it was really a fringe type of thing. So, and there were even, despite that it was fringe, there were still fudsters that would say it would go to zero. So it was a popular talking point of fudsters back then. So it, it was, it was really in the air and pe people had seen it. It was a, it had gone up to $1,100 and that was a 200 approaching. Well, it gotten below, it got below 200. It seemed like it was, it could return to the days where it was double digits. And if it could return to double digits, why can't it return to single digits? If it's single digits, why couldn't it return to zero? So, and why, and, and there were people saying the government could crush it still, make it illegal. There were all sorts of things. It hadn't jumped through all the hoops that it, it had, it has clearly jumped through now. All right. And, and so the, the, there's a lot of experience under its belt that it did not have that back in uh, 2014. That it soon gained 2014, 15, and, and then there was, you know, 2016, you had to say, 
you know, you had Mike Hearn fighting it and stuff, rage quitting, and nothing could stop it then. Nothing, nothing could stop it. It was great. There should have been no doubt by 2016, but there were still people throwing around that fight even in 2018, but it was kind of laughable. Now it's just like pathetic that people will say, oh, it could still go to zero. It's not going to zero. It's intertwined in the freaking mainstream financial system now. It ain't going nowhere when the leaders of countries are talking about it and stuff. It's just amazing. It's an amazing part of mainstream society now. Normies, normies hate on it, say it's going to control, it's going to destroy the environment. That's great. That's a reason it won't go to zero. When normies are spouting out this mindless nonsense about it, about environmental destruction with Bitcoin, it's not going anywhere. It, it's, it's scared them so much. It's intertwined in their worst nightmares, which is good. It's great. <laughs> I wonder, like, we talk a lot on this show about how this is, Bitcoin has been normalized. I bring up, you know, when it crashed in 2017, 2018, you didn't have CNBC and the news talking about Bitcoin on a daily basis. I wonder though, and like, feel free to rant, be aggressive. We have no filters on this show. Like if you want a a slur of cursed words, by all means, but when you see Bitcoin discussed by mainstream media, what what are things that are said or talked about that just absolutely piss you off that they're saying or spewing? <laughs> just the, the catastrophizing of it all, man. That it's if it doesn't if it doesn't change to proof of stake, that you know, it's going to use up all the energy. I mean, <laughs> you can see these head just the clickbait headlines, the clickbait headlines. That that really started when in, in 2018, when it when it seemed like people wanted it to fail. That you know, oh, the experiment is over. That that's that's really that's the annoy, most annoying part. But at the same time, I like being the Oakland Raiders of of money. Uh, back in the day, people might know that. I mean, the Oakland Raiders were, were popular because they were the hated team. Now it's the Baltimore Ravens. Pound that like button because that's where I'm from. Figuring. From, from from but it, it's it's good to be hated and that it's like a pleasure that a major a major candidate for president in 2024 elizabeth warren this could be her main like hate-filled point is like let's destroy these rich people that own bitcoin and so to me that's not annoying but to me that's where the mainstream is going with hate of the hate of the successful and wealthy for just being successful and wealthy hate for, of the long-term thinking just for being long-term thinking thinkers calling them lucky you know right now uh, people aren't calling us lucky but when things are good what i i don't like during like the the up times is when the mainstream media says it was just luck or when you know with We have once again. No, there we go. I'm back. Oh, you're it's back. Not, it's not. It's not luck when you're buying. When the whole mainstream media is crying. No, but I, I did. Oh, peekaboo. Yeah, I, I said a nice line. You're not. When you're buying, the mainstream media is crying. It's not luck, dude. I completely agree with you. It's so infuriating. When uh, and it always comes up like, 
people never like are willing to acknowledge like the the past the past experience like when when everybody was like you fucking you stupid pieces of shit like how dare you buy bitcoin it's down like you're doing a dumb thing and then when it goes back up they just they just claim it's luck it's infuriating it's short-term thinking it's short-term memories no one can remember that these people have been saying the same they're non-stop records I, I that's the cool thing about twitter sometimes smart people bring up like these quotes by these people that were just hating on Bitcoin. Now they're loving Bitcoin. I mean, no one, and, and that it's it's doomed to failure. How many times, I mean, I, Bitcoin obituaries are great. Bitcoin, the Bitcoin obituary site are great because you can, you can see how many p- times people say it was dead, but the newbies don't get it. They, they You have to live through a cycle. That is my big recommendation. If you want takeaway from a, from a downtime, a down period is, live through a four-year period and then come back to me. You'll you'll have a stronger hand. Then then you then then you'll be more a legitimate source of information, and, and you'll hopefully remember that they they use the same lines every time. But sometimes more this time around, environmental is is much more popular, and that'll be the main form of attack this time around. I think that's an interesting point. Of you know, this version's attack is based around the environmental whatever's of proof of work v proof of stake. I want to unpack though, just like, I want to feed into this narrative a little bit. Personally, I feel like the four-year cycle is dead at this point. You go back to the all-time high that was reached at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. And even right now, we're under that high. What is your response back to the death of that narrative and the, the death of a lot of narratives that we've seen over the last like three, four months, we've seen everything from stock to flow all the way to the narrative of we won't go below the most recent or the last all time high. They've all been killed. That we won't go beyond below the last all time high. That was surprising. Uh, but other than that, uh, I believe the four year cycle is very strong, I believe, because our, the all time high of, was at the end of 2017. Then the next. You know, we, we also reached an all-time high at the 210,000 blocks later in November of 2021, four years later. So, I mean, the this down cycle is 210,000 blocks since the last down cycle. We're not, we're not it, it, there, there are things that very much correspond to 210,000 blocks ago. So I, I, and also if you take any moment in time, the, the ultimate measurement for me is the 210,000 block theory. You take any moment in time, subtract 210,000 blocks from it, Bitcoin is worth more in terms of fiat, in terms of the United States dollar. So I, I'm st- I, I still see these two, the, the, the four-year cycle, 210,000 block, whatever you want to call it. It's it, the basic ebb and flow of it is still there. And also the downright pattern of you can take any moment in time and subtract 210,000 from it. That has not been broken. So you tell people today, you're down about Bitcoin. You spend 19000 on a Bitcoin, most likely in 210,000 blocks. That moment, it's going to be worth more in, in 2020, whatever, 2026 now is uh, 210,000 blocks from now. Not my Lord. So I'm, I'm, still, I'm still into the four-year cycle. I'm still into the four-year cycle. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. 
This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, BitMEX. BitMEX is one of the biggest supporters of the Bitcoin space in the last decade, actively donating to developers and putting out some of the most cited research articles. What you might not know is that BitMEX recently launched a brand new spot exchange and mobile app that takes the experience of buying and holding to the next level. We know that, especially in uncertain market conditions, you need an exchange that is trustworthy and innovative. Sign up at bitmex.com today, check out the BitMEX blog for some great market insights, and stay tuned to our podcast for more from their team. As the world moves increasingly towards the mainstream adoption of Bitcoin, Moon Mortgage makes it possible to materialize your digital assets. Collateralized loans are great for living expenses, buying a car, or even for when you just have to have that sweet Rolex. But what isn't so great is when you then lose the ability to trade your assets once your loan has been taken out. So just like you, Moon Mortgage believes you should be able to have your cake and eat it too. Moon Mortgage's Trade and Borrow is the world's first digital asset loan margin account, allowing you to instantly trade your Bitcoin while borrowing against your account, all with next to zero insolvency risk, no origination fees, nor any third-party risk, as Moon Mortgage will never lend out your digital assets. Welcome to the future of collateralized lending. Visit moonmortgage.io today to learn how you can trade, borrow, and then trade your digital assets some more. Bitcoin Magazine and the team that brought you the world's largest Bitcoin conference is bringing the mission of hyper-Bitcoinization global with the inaugural European gathering this fall. Bitcoin Amsterdam takes place October 12th through 14th at the beautiful Westergaas venue in the heart of the city. Join thousands of Bitcoiners for three days of curated Bitcoin content that is relevant to the emerging Bitcoin scene in Europe and the global movement. Confirmed speakers include Dr. Adam Back, Alex Gladstein, Greg Foss, Ray Youssef, and many, many more. This will be an immersive conference, which includes hands-on engagements at our proof-of-workshop stage, as well as exclusive content for VIP whales in the deep. Bitcoin Amsterdam's exclamation point will be a massive Bitcoin party and music festival that you won't want to miss. The European installment of Sound Money Fest takes place on day three of the event, October 14th, and admission is included with GA and whale passes. Check out all the details at b.tc forward slash conference and use promo code BMLIVE for 10% off. Ticket prices increase on August 21st, so grab your tickets today for €299 Euros for a GA ticket and €3,499 for VIP whale passes. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. I see in the in the YouTube chat you have claimed that you have been mis- misquoted. What is your actual? That's, that's our company. That's our company Slack channel. But sure, Sorry, I will. Let me let me rephrase. You said in YouTube, who the fuck? I said there is the a narrative. I said there is a narrative that the four year cycle is dead. I very dude. I'm the fucking guy who says the mm. stock to flow model is still very much. Oh no, you're digging yourself well. even deeper. Ugh. Of course I am. It's so Q, valid. Q, Everything so Adam said is is exactly why to use stock to flow to say it will hit this exact price is foolish. But to ignore supply and demand based on the 210 block and the block reward diminishing, that is naive to ignore that. So no, I don't really care to get misquoted, but that's just the way the world works. Fine. If you want to think that I said the four-year cycle is dead, sure, go for it. I think that the stock to flow was put up on way too much of a pedestal. 
and shows how there are just a lot of mindless people that like to worship fancy graphics and charts. There's just a lot of people. If you produce some awesome charts and that predict big things, and I'm not saying he did this maliciously. He didn't. But if you if you do that, you will just get all these blind followers on, on Twitter. It, it is unbelievable. Again, it, go, it goes back to your some of your points before I got on the show that people just pile on to some things without thinking and just put them on pedestals. Don't put any one person on a pedestal and don't put any one concept on a pedestal. And a lot, and just a lot of times today in social media, Bitcoin land, people are just prone to want a king or a queen, be it a, a, a mindset, be, be it a person. And then they get very disappointed. Don't put yourself in that position, but it keeps on happening. And stock the flow is like the chart embodiment of, you know, Trace Mayer. People worshiped him and then they got disappointed that he, you know, did a few things. Just This is this is excruciating. Adam is so animated. He's so compelling. And then yeah, we just keep it's losing. The, it's, the, it's the bend. It's the bend in internet. Thank you, bend internet. All you you hippies out there. You're it. It keeps going down on me in the day. It's 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 so weird. It is uh, it is it is very strange. Yeah. Uh, but no, we'll keep we'll keep going through it. We'll keep on dealing. No, we're doing it. It's it's short enough delay that we you come back and then it's just like let's just plow through it. So let's keep going. So I want to talk about the idea that normies need oh PC PC in the matrix. Love you. We're both fucked if that's the case, though, my friend. You're He's right. Like, I don't even put myself on my own pedestal. That's just an empty space that I look at every day and I'm like, you will never attain this greatness. And that's how you motivate yourself. Like so off topic was stupid. There was a, a hilarious meme on about just like how rich and historic a lot of middle eastern names are and then a response to that was all of these persian names where everyone just unanimously is saying like it's the name of an old persian king because that's what everyone who has a persian name is told about their name like what does my name mean it's like it was the name of some old persian king so at some point there was a persian king named q but the question i wanted to or a discussion I wanted to have, Adam, you brought up how like normies want yield because like we've been so used to that. We were taught, oh, you can get some sort of an interest rate by saving in this account or do whatever, all that bullshit. That has been normalized in our brains. Couple that with this idea or lack of understanding that money, a real free market money, doesn't actually need someone in charge of it. We've been so accustomed to the federal government being in charge of our money. We've been so accustomed to bankers and banking regulations that we've, that we've normalized those things when we don't actually realize that these are arbitrary and made up rules that were made up 106 years ago. How are you going about trying to convince and break people's reality to see sort of how these fallacies are going to lead us down the wrong path? It, it goes deeper than that even. You have to expand your mind further to this simple, to something that's very simple to understand for people that have a brain. It is separation of money and state, period, period. That's it. But most people are like, no, it mu there must be, only the government can control money. Why? Why, why is this? Why? It's just something we're born with. It, well, not... 
something that no no it, it is pushed straight into people from a very early it, age. it shouldn't be formed something that we're ingrained with at a very young age is that it, they just can't grasp the simple concept i just did they can grasp separation of religion and, and and state now they can understand why joe biden can't say you all have to be christian that that's very easy it's very easy but they cannot understand that you know why we must use the U.S. dollar. Like, what? Why, why can't there be private money? Why can't I? And I take it to a whole new extreme. I think it's great that Tether prints money out of thin air. I think it's great. It shows that hey, they and I. If it's not backed by anything, then great. I don't give a darn. It we should. It should be able to you know take that chance. You know, people should pick the best money that's out there. All right. So it is, it's a, you know, I know people like to hate on Tether and all this stuff, but it is a use case that shows the separation of, of money and state and shows how insane the state becomes when there is a challenger, how Letitia James wanted to go sue freaking Tether. I mean, what right does the state of New York have over Tether? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's complete, what gall, but we're, but most normies are like, no. The state has every right to control who, who who you should be able to print your own money. Why not? Why shouldn't I be able to print my own money? Well, yeah, it is it is fucking wild that uh, that's just so innate. It's so ingrained I, in people. Adam, to answer your question, it, it's for your safety. You can't yeah, print exactly. your own money because it's it's to keep you safe. It's not for yeah. the sake of other people. You just can't handle it, Adam. Absolutely not. And it's for the children. It's for the children. It's for the children. It's for. I mean, this is how Elizabeth Warrens of the world. Uh, gain their power. And I know I, I've mentioned her name a few times here. And people, some people are just like, ah, well, she, she's going to run for president. Isn't Joe Biden? Dude, it's, she's the freaking phantom menace. She is the worst of them all. Though of all the major ones that we've seen over the last eight years, she's the worst. She is the worst. But she's smart. She appeals to the children, to the women, to the this. She's a crypto mommy. She, she hates the rich people. Everything that appeals to the masses that bring on violent revolution. I'm not saying she would bring on violent revolution. This animalistic nature in people to be envious, she brings it in, in, in a nice, in a nice, pretty package. I mean, she's not pretty, but you know, a nice, clean package that makes it seem norm. That makes it normal. You know, she, and, you know, that makes hating on people and envious very palatable. And she has identified cryptocurrency. She's smart. She knows that Bitcoin. Is, is, is a major target that could really, you know, bring her to the next level. She wants to be a winner and she has found at something to hate on to do this. So, you know, we're talking about for the children, for your own safety. She's the living embodiment of that nonsense. But that is where the world has gone today. You know, in terms of the virus, in terms, we all, no one can think of themselves. No one can wipe their own butts anymore. We need the government to do it. It is sad. But that is the way most people are. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the government reinforces those narratives constantly and with a vast pool of, of funds in order to try to convince people that they need the government in order to stay safe and to, you know, stay fed. We were just recently talking about how, you know, people think about food as a very classic way of controlling people, right? If you can make people dependent on you to give them food, then you can very quickly control their belief systems. And what people miss a lot of the time is, of course, energy as well. When you can make, if you can make people dependent on you for energy, then you have, it's just another 
massive arrow in your quiver, so to speak, because energy is arguably the root of everything. Yes. Yes. And I so, think I, we see we see that happening more and more. Yeah, uh, I want I want to go down the energy rabbit hole in a second. P. Adam, can we unpack? Like, I agree on the notion of for Bitcoin specifically, Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren is truly the worst political leader out there. I want to unpack though your statement. Are you saying in the scope of Bitcoin? Or are you saying broader? And if you are saying broader, what are the other aspects that you hold against her? Well, I'm going to give you a scenario here that shows how evil she could be and how we all need to be a little careful and think big picture. Imagine if the Ethereum merge fails. There are going to be some Bitcoiners celebrating, cheering, going wild. Yes, it's gone. Ethereum is gone. It died. She That will be her rise to power right there. She will say, look at this. The number two cryptocurrency just went down the two. We got to attack Bitcoin. Right now, she if something like that doesn't happen, she it, it's going to be, you know, she's going to she's going to attack all the third parties. Going to try to regulate the Bitcoin banks. Going to true, and that'll be actually good. Well, not good for Bitcoin. I mean, shields. Those there will be many shields for Bitcoin. She will attack first. But I mean, she's not into you know freedom. She's not into freedom of money. She's not into freedom of association. She's just into control of people. And so, Bitcoin is the ultimate freedom money. But right now, she's got some obstacles in her way to get there. Just, you know, she's saying crypto this, crypto that, third-party banks, uh, and, and yield places, DeFi. She's got a lot of options. But we could get to it. I'm just trying to bring some worst-case scenarios. And, and, and she's an environmentalist, too. Uh, well, environment, environmental freak. So she's, she's going to uh, come, come at it from proof of, proof of work, proof of stake. And I mean, I, I could see, again, I never would suspect that we would have political leaders that would become so biased as they are right now, but she could, she could become a, she, if there would be an ESG fork of Bitcoin, she could legitimately become like a promoter of it. I mean, it, it would be, this would not shock me at this point, but I, I do want to, you know, just, just bring up, she is looking for a big catastrophe in the bigger cryptocurrency ecosystem. And the one that would be her dream one would be right now would be if the uh, if the merge failed because there would be a lot of i mean that would be a huge story and then bitcoin would be priority number one at, at that point she could use the ethereum failing the if ethereum totally failed that could be her ticket to the presidency but also a, a complete tremendous attack on bitcoin like we've never seen before but so, so i don't hope i don't i am not a destructive Man. Liz Warren, also known as Pocahontas, really did not like those statements, Adam. Fuck no, no, calls no, no, Liz no. Warren Pocahontas. Did, did you never hear Trump call her Pocahontas? No. That was, that was like, honestly, like to Trump's credit, which I very rarely will give him, like that was an excellent diss because she spent a lot of her career talking about how she is 116th Cherokee. C compete, don't complain. I, I say, uh, I want to, I want to, I, I want to throw that out there with the Ethereum stuff. Just people, just in case people think I'm like some Ethereum promoter. No, let them just do, let, let, let them just let them do their thing over there. And you, 
don't waste your time complaining about him. Just like, but with, with with her with that name of, that you called her and everything. She, the funny thing is, she pretended to be a Native American for many years. It helped her get some college, move up in, in the university systems. But she's the ultimate Puritan. I mean, she can't let people live their freaking lives. She's got to be a busybody Puritan in all of our lives. No, no, no. You can't have fun. You can't send your Bitcoin to some conservative. I mean, I, I can only imagine the restrictions she will want to put in. She will dream. I mean, of course, that, that's the beauty of Bitcoin. It is the ultimate freedom of association. But there are so many people that use these Bitcoin banks. She will try to regulate them. So like, no, you you, you can't send it over to Iran. You're talking about Persians and everything. This, Iran. That, 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 that is the beauty of, of Bitcoin. I can send my money over to Persia right now if I wanted to, if I control my own private key. But most people, you know, if you're keeping it at Coinbase, nah, they're not going to. There's already a few addresses that are restricted that are affiliated with some Iranian organizations. No, yeah, she's the ultimate Puritan. You know, instead of being a Native American, you know, the Puritans, they were they were they were not big fans of the natives back in the day. But she pretended to be a native, but she's just nothing but a busybody Puritan that wants to, you know, classic New Englander. I mean. Uh, New England Puritan. Not all New Englanders are like that, but that's- You heard it here, folks, folks. Hmm? Adam says all New Englanders are Puritans. No, 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 don't, please. Now, I'm no Red Sox fan or anything. Down with the Red Sox, down with the Yankees. Whoa. Go Orioles, baby. For I love it. What other inflammatory things? Wait, wait, I want to bring it all the way back. I want to bring it all the way back. Wait, hang on, time out. Something needs to be corrected first and then P.U. could talk. Adam- it's pronounced Iran. It is my homeland. I will always have to correct guests when they come on. Not Iran, not Iranian, Iran. Well, dude, I am from Baltimore. I have the worst accent. Freaking no, Boston. you're fine. Bro, despite, every American says Iran. I'm on a mission to correct every American when they come on this show. It's Iran. Anyways, Iran. P, I, I interrupted you, you. I think maybe that deserves some air horns. What do you think? I, I, I think we need some air horns. Correct spelling of pronunciation no, even of Iran. Pronunciation. Oh God, for some reason, it was like all the way up until three blasts through this episode. I was like 100% here for it. And that one felt forced. And now I'm just 100% over it. It'll, we'll, we'll bring it back. I'll probably be back into it in like 30 seconds. But we're talking about Persian and everything. We're talking about different, you know, different cultures. I just want to say we're, we're approaching Rosh Hashanah. So you better do some chauffeurs instead of you blow the chauffeur instead of blowing the air horn. Okay. We're getting, oh, we're getting, we're close, to, all right, all right. We're getting close to, I'm coming back to Baltimore just for Russia. China. Baltimore is such a horrible, terrible place. Now I only go back a few times, times a year. And I'm from the freaking County as, as people can tell by the color of my skin anyway. But I'm, I'm but before I go back to Baltimore County where I'm from originally, I, I do want to say I'm, I, I'm going to Fairbanks, Alaska. Wait, sorry. Q, did say, you just fall off your chair? Cause you were laughing so hard. I mean, I'm standing, but I was laughing so, like, I went to school in the DMV area, so I know what Adam means but with that comment, and that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all the hipsters moved the city. I mean, I lived in this city for a while, but it's just, it's a very, uh, the, the people left the city at a time, and, you know, people try to pretend, I'm from Baltimore. No, you're from freaking Towson, dude. You're from, uh, you're from the freaking suburbs and everything. I mean, there's no shame in that game. Look, I, and I the thing is, is I, I could talk about race in this way. You know why? I, because I can't be canceled. I own. I work for myself. I, I have Bitcoin. This is the way of truth. And it, it's just, it's pathetic how woke. I have some bad news for you, Adam. And, and Baltimore wishes, all these people try to pretend, you know, oh, we're just like Boston. We're just as high level as them. And we're, no, it's, it's ghetto. Baltimore is ghetto. It is, it is viciously dangerous. 
I mean, I have traveled around this whole world, this whole United States. It is, but it is really, it's really insane. What can, how you can get jacked on the street. And there's, and the excuses the people come up with, oh, no, you're just exaggerating. No, it's not an exaggeration. It's not exact. But yeah, again, I'm, it's ingrained in me, love of Baltimore Orioles. It's never going away. It's, it's never going away, but they're lying to themselves. And I mean, the corruption in Baltimore city government, it's comical. You think I it, just, you think, I mean, you would think it's a, a onion article, but it, it's real life. So I didn't complain. I, I was not a tree. You don't have to live there forever. Just, just leave, leave your place of origin and find a cool place. And don't get tied down with attack vectors of wives and kids that need the white picket fence and the huge house that you're stuck with the mortgage in, in Baltimore County. No, don't get to, don't buy into this house nonsense because then you do get stuck in a region. And that's Adam, I've, I've I pulled a quote from what you just said. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were not a tree in Baltimore. No, I'm, I am not a tree, baby. Okay. I, I All right. not you're you're going to learn very quickly how weird p actually is i think 100%. i think p is no, now no, getting I, comfortable around you adam no no i'm, I'm so into this energy <laughs> let's fucking go wait so but i, I want to pull it all the way back adam we've been talking a lot about things that are that are negative in the bitcoin space negative in politics let's shift over to what is like what people can do about it like what is the message that we want to convey to people around how they can react to this changing environment that we find ourselves in they got him again bend organ Damn hippies. I'm uh, he'll be back. He keeps coming right, back. back. We're back. Oh, he's back. Okay. Did you hear what I, did you hear the question? Yeah, you know, no, I, you know, I hear every single word that you've, I've never been cut off from you guys. I just see that it's cutting me off. I have heard every single word. Oh, I have heard the talk, the shit talking yeah. pee. Talk, yeah, talk I, I've heard, I've heard everything. Yeah, I, yeah man. Yeah, I heard when you dudes were talking about my crazy hair. No. Okay. So let's let's go. What can we do? Well, the best thing you can do is not never panic. Don't buy into these narratives at all. Keep speaking the truth. Fitting in is overrated. Don't don't give into the peer pressure. Okay. Never give into the peer pressure of you know agreeing with these authoritarians. Keep calling them authoritarians. All right. And keep and keep holding your Bitcoin and, and just don't just yeah, just don't don't have the conviction, 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 long term thinking. Don't worry about don't waste your time on some of these online arguments either. OK, if someone is stubborn and is like, you know what, uh, Bernie Sanders is correct and we're going to we're going to socialize every OK, let him do it. Don't get in an hour conversation about it. Don't. You know, that prioritize the threats. There are all these people that are lame on, on the leftist side, on the authoritarian side. There are people that are lame on the right side, too. Just prioritize which ones are the biggest threat. I think Elizabeth Warren is the biggest one. Joe Biden is a senile old man. If he remains president, it, it's not the worst of the worst, okay? Uh, it's not the, I think she's the worst of the worst. We've done fine with a, with a crazy old man as president of the United States. It's not the end of the world. Don't get, you know, get caught up in the left and right paradigm of it. And no, we are living in the golden age. We are living in the best time to be alive. So? so you can get jobs. You can do it. You can monetize so much in this Bitcoin. You could be an artist and make money. You don't have to. But 
what I would try to do is get away from normie society where you feel like you have to fit in and go to college. Learn if you know how to send a Bitcoin. I mean, that's a more valuable skill than most of the stuff you live learn in liberal arts college right now. Think of it that way. That when I, I keep on screaming, you don't need to fit in. You don't need to fit in. Learn some of these simple Bitcoin. If you learn how to store a Bitcoin on a Trezor, I mean, you could start a business off of that. I mean, I used to consult people on, on, on but you on that. But you, you corporations need to learn how to do this type of thing. There got to be educational teachers out there that teach something. We take for granted these basic skills: how to store a Bitcoin, how to send a Bitcoin. The, I mean, Elizabeth Warren doesn't know how to do that. She might be president of the United States in a few years. So that you got to get out of the mindset like, I've got to get a traditional liberal arts college education. No, you, if you're 16 years old and you know how to do all these Bitcoin things, try to make some money before you even have to, you know, apply to college. Try try to get, get, I mean, it's just amazing. The golden age, this is the best, most, don't be a downer. And, And that's what I'm. Don't be a downer. Q, riff, go for it. Oh, you're back. Here I am. Don't worry. I saw I went down. Repeat to yourself over and over again. 2020s is going to be the most amazing decade to be alive. So if you're if you're in it early with the Bitcoin side of things, and cryptocurrency is going to be like one of the major Bitcoins going to be one of the major innovations of it, and we've already. You've gotten like a little taste of it. It's only the beginning. By the end of this decade, oh my Lord, how much more comfortable people are going to be. But yet the complaints will be still out there. As we get more comfortable, it's easier to catastrophize. So then don't catastrophize people. And and unfortunately, there are Bitcoiners that get into this like freedom of association thing. Like, no, you can't. You got to be part of this Bitcoin Inquisition. You're not allowed to be, you know, even talk about Ethereum, even talk about, you know, even. Well, let's unpack that, Adam. I know you can hear us. You keep saying this phrase. and I Go for it, Q. Well, essentially, the compete. Don't complain narrative. I love that slogan. I'm probably going to steal that from you. I will give you credit as I steal and post it all over social media and say it on this show. Awesome. But you're you're so right. There is this degree of, but like they shouldn't do that rather than just like, all right, these attacks of the ICOs in 2017 or the bullshit shit coins that keep popping up or a narrative around proof of stake versus proof of work, all of these things will continue to happen in varying degrees Throughout the rest of time, it will never stop. And so to act as though like, oh, if if we call them out enough, like then there will never be another shitcoin. That's that is more naive than buying into a shitcoin. I I fully support that idea and concept. And and yet at the same time, I do think it is valuable to call out scams when they are scams to help protect the naive because there is a degree like i'm very open and i talk about this a lot like when i was re- when i really started to be introduced to bitcoin as this investment vehicle it was during the bull run of 2017 and the best thing 
that happened to me was that I was an assistant in Hollywood who was making minimum wage, still living with my parents, which I still do now. And I didn't have a savings to go and buy Bitcoin with because if I had, if I had bought Bitcoin at 19K at that moment and watched it go all the way down to 3K, I, knowing myself and my investment criteria, I would have sold along the way down and I would have never looked at it again. So for like, I see that and I understand that about myself. So there is a degree of protection that needs to be there. But I think you're absolutely right that like we can't get caught up. It's almost like you have to brush your teeth every day. Like they're, they're going to pop up. You're just, you're, just brush it, brush your teeth in the morning, brush your teeth at night, call out the scammers, but then go back to building on Bitcoin. Focus on Bitcoin. Yes. Do not become fixated on it because then you're, you're losing it. You're, you're losing your mind. If you become fixated on these FUD that will continue to happen, it's it's just it's not going to stop. But don't become your when you become fixated on on something like that, you eventually turn into them. That's a really interesting point that you you become the thing that you are not or that you are fighting against. They, you're back. You're back. It's it's giving me that. Yeah, just just don't take it to the level where you want to destroy something else. Warn people about it, but you're not going to be able to destroy those other things. If you're so confident they are bad, they will destroy themselves, just like Bcash did. Okay, why? It, and if you are so confident, I mean, and I don't. If you think Ethereum is the devil incarnate, then don't try to destroy it. It will destroy itself. All right. If, 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 if that's what you do, do not waste your time. Destruction is not by very addition, by very definition, you're not being productive with destruction. Now, warning people that that's a different thing is, is education. That is a productive endeavor. Trying to explain the difference between proof of work and proof of stake is a productive endeavor because it, 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 you're not it, proof of stake is trying to destroy proof of stake. You're not going to be able to do. It. You're not going to be able to destroy proof of stake. It's it's a it's just, it's it's, it's a complete wizard. But but explaining the difference is a great educational endeavor right there. So don't become fixated because fixation just leads you down these terrible paths of where you become your enemy, and that's not good. Hmm. What do you think most people miss when they are just starting to understand Uncensor the uncensorable aspect of it, that we're, li we're living in a world right now where people take, they think PayPal is, a, is the, awesome. I can send my money anywhere. So Bitcoin, I can send my, any, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sort of like PayPal, but I can, you know, it, it's a you know good way for, for savings and stuff. No, no, they don't, what they the important an incredibly important thing about bitcoin is that we are living the world has changed and people are not hiding it anymore if you support a, a deplorable there is you might not be able to send your money to that deplorable anymore and bitcoin allows you to do that and you know thir third parties people don't are, people don't really grasp the third the, the, you know how terrible third parties are like well, okay, I'm into this Bitcoin thing. I understand it. 
I'm, I'm keeping it at Coinbase. No, no, you, so they don't grasp that like, I mean, I've had people like, why would Coinbase confiscate my money? Why would they do that? Well, how could they do? Well, if you send it to a deplorable and the United States, and Elizabeth Warren didn't like it, they will close down your account. People don't understand that true aspect of Bitcoin. If you control your own private key, you are going to be able to send it anywhere. And if there are forces out there, for, I mean, governments out there that are not letting people, that are censoring financial transactions. And Bitcoin is a way to get, get around that. And people, that is something that takes understanding of the current situation on this planet, but, you know, and current and what Bitcoin can really do. So people don't understand that very valuable aspect of Bitcoin, that there are a lot of people that don't want you to associate with a lot of other people. And Bitcoin is the key to allowing you to associate with anyone on this planet that you want to. <laughs> you, you look so thoughtful. I'm, I'm trying to. I want to frame another question that is going to take be taken out of context, and I'm going to be labeled as a whatever. So I'll, I will give whoever wants so to do gotcha j- journalism the sound bites. But we see a contingent of arguments rooted around, or actually, no, let me scratch that. I want to play out a scenario with you that I I want to more of a thought experiment than this is a reality. But in your opinion, where are the largest points of failure for Bitcoin? Do you mean like what is the greatest threat to Bitcoin? I think we kind of already that that too, but I, I more mean right now based on the network itself, like where are the areas that you think are the greatest attack vectors well it's just it's what this socially what can be brought about what can be promoted as the scariest thing it all it all involves because there's no technical issue or anything like that it's social it's it's the narrative what who if we ever lost control of the narrative that is the worst attack and then someone could fork off a bitcoin that could be centralized and that's and that would be somehow considered the real bitcoin but we're not because of the people that i you know, I've said I, I've called a Bitcoin Bitcoin inquisitionist. You know, people call them the toxic people. You know, you might not like their techniques, but that is the line in the sand right there that prevents the ultimate narrative switchover, the ultimate loss of narrative. That that line right there. So you might find those dudes to be tasteless and, and on a certain level disgusting and, and just but that prevents the the narrative takeover and so but if they if they went away then there would be more of a threat like yeah the narrative could be switched the narrative could be mangled in a way where
<laughs> and we'd have way we lost you. Yeah, but I'm not worried about that. So I mean, you, 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 you ask the, it going. You you ask the question. You know what? What's the biggest threat? That's a pretty convoluted threat right there. But oh man, see Adam, I'm, I feel like we're we're missing like the key detail, which is why I keep saying like, oh no, we lost you, because I just I'm wondering what you were gonna say. In, ter in terms of in terms of narrative shift over, I mean the 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 way people are trying to shift the narrative right now is the ESG attack. But I'm not worried about the ESG attack right now. That is the biggest tool in the toolbox of the people trying to freak with the narrative is the ESG stuff. Anything. I oh, know, my friends. Key, what do you think? What's your, uh, what are your thoughts on what Adam said so far? I think the attacks from the political space are the most worrisome. I think we can get Bitcoin regulated, not to death, but regulated to the point where it would be like a, a sprinter running a hundred meter dash with chains and weight and just bungee cords all attached to it and it's just never able to actually complete the race i.e never able to reach its full potential i've been vocal on my feelings that there are there are little things like for example i think that the way leverage and leveraged buying has been introduced to the bitcoin market is the main reason why we have yet to have a six-figure bitcoin i actually believe that the market itself is correcting and preventing bitcoin from reaching certain levels when there's an over leverage of buyers on the long side to where if Bitcoin were to reach certain levels, their payout would be more than the total Bitcoin in circulation. The market just isn't going to allow that. The exchanges that offer these leverage positions aren't going to allow that. And so if these leverage positions are more muted, are just not allowed to exist, which in my opinion, I think that's the way it should be, you would actually see Bitcoin's price discovery be a much more natural and, in my opinion, less volatile thing. But that's just an example of cords and chains holding back the potential of Bitcoin. I think I, I think le the leverage stuff is. I wouldn't. I think it's it's been it's been an issue. But show me the underlying people. At the end of the day, give me the real Bitcoin. You're right. I mean. There is an inflate. It, it, it appears there's more Bitcoin out there because all this leverage stuff. It, it does. It does. But between yeah. that and all of the paper Bitcoin promises of exchanges, like I'm, I'm genuinely concerned. There will be a bank run of sorts on the exchanges, and people will be left thinking they have more Bitcoin than they actually do. That is a genuine fear of mine. Yeah, but, but at the end of that, that would be. That would clear out the system. That, that's what. That's probably what we're going to get in twenty twenty six. That would be that. That would be scary. Like, yeah, well, it, it, it's 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 the wild wild west. It, it's fun, but I you, you're the the over regulation threat. I think that is that is a threat to the success of specific company specific countries. I think if the United States goes that route. Then we're going to become a poor country, and some Asian country is going to be, you know, I'll take my Bitcoin business over there to Singapore, wherever it may be. And because we have fifty states here, 
I don't think we're going to have the overregulation problem in the United States. I think some states will nullify the federal law if Bitcoin becomes too regulated. Florida and Texas won't enforce those laws. We're not down that road. But thank God we live in a, in a country that has 50 different experiments going. That, that's, 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 that's a different topic, uh, you know, a, a related topic. But I'm, I'm not worried. I mean, it is regulation is not cool. We should speak out against regulation as much as we can. I, I, I don't think it's a, a game, a game ender. I don't think anything's a game ender for Bitcoin. But again, with, with a president like Elizabeth Warren, we're going to get a lot of regulation. Yeah, that would be bad. That wouldn't be cool. So I think we could all be on the same page then after this conversation to agree that if Elizabeth Warren does become president of the United States, we are in fact living in the darkest timeline. Of potential presidents, yeah. That's the worst president. That's not the worst. <laughs> but still, you'll, be, you'll still be good, dudes. It'll still be a happy, great time to be alive. Just you might have to move to Florida where Governor DeSantis will allow you to do anything you want to do. I mean, I believe in nullification. I, I believe that the state should nullify unjust federal laws. But we haven't we, we haven't got there yet. In, in one sense, we haven't. But of course, on a local level, there are plenty of cities that have nullified immigration laws. So, I mean, in one sense, we're already there. Uh, so, I mean, and, and it's le- so we can say to our leftist friends, well, wait a second, you know, the federal federal immigration laws are not enforced in Baltimore or, or, or Washington or, or New York. Why should these uh, laws uh, restricting Bitcoin be enforced in Florida? And it'd be, it's a legitimate argument right there. So, yeah, I have no problem with leftist leftist states uh, nullifying uh, federal federal laws. Good. Let them do that. It, it will help in the long run. It will bring. It's a real life A-B test. Like we, we talk about that a lot. It's let one state take one action, let the other state take the other and let them play it out. And we will see in real time which state's decision is the right decision. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, a, that's what the, the founders intended. Or certain founders intended at least. <laughs> so Adam, I'm curious if, like where where are your expectations of the growth of Bitcoin while we see the price at the levels it's at now? We also have other metrics like hash rate or difficulty reaching new all-time highs. We have the most number of wallets with more than one Bitcoin. We have the most number of wallets with more than 0.1 Bitcoin. We seem to be growing despite what we're seeing price-wise. What are you paying attention to as far as global adoption? Well, what is what is global adoption? Is it how many people are using the Lightning Network in Africa, or is it how many people are getting getting around restrictive governments? For me, the measurement that means the most to me is as governments become more authoritarian, what percentage of the normies are waking up to like getting out of their local banking systems as Inflation becomes so obvious in so many tremendously populated countries. How many people are just like not valuing the dollar anymore, not valuing, you know, not using the Pakistani currency anymore, not using the Brazilian currency? How many are now just keeping all their savings in Bitcoin? Because that's what we really, inflation and government authoritarianism is only growing. So the only way to combat that financially is Bitcoin. It's not the Lightning Network. It's pure 
Bitcoin as your just unit of account, as your store of value, as everything, as, you know, getting out of your look. I don't, I don't understand how people in these third world countries even want to participate in their local banking systems. I, I don't, I don't get it, man. I mean, a lot of them just want to hold dollars that the dollar is an incredible brand. It is an incredible brand that people, once their currencies start to fail, that's what they jump to first. Sad. In, in these emerging, in these emerging nations, most people, if they're like Ar Argentine peso about to fail, they're going to jump on the dot instead of jumping on Bitcoin. We need higher, we need more people that are going to just like, you know what, fiat is fiat. Let's go to something that's not fiat. And I think more and more people are doing that. Unfortunately, it takes things like the Canadian trucker debacle for people to really wake up to what governments are doing. And we might need something bigger than that. And that's really scary, but oh well. I'm already, I'm already, I'm just watching from the sidelines. I've already got all my, you know, value in Bitcoin. I don't, I don't need to worry about, you know, what, what authority and measure the United States is going to take to scare enough people into Bitcoin because it, it's, there are going to be a lot of people that lose a lot of money from the next devastating wake up call. And I mean, to, to your point too, we've started to see between what we saw up in Canada at the beginning of this year, we've seen bank runs begin all across the world at this point. We're slowly and steadily seeing the use cases for Bitcoin pop up more and more. Just in the last week, we have two countries that have been under US sanctions, my home country of Iran and Russia, now announcing that they will accept and use Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, but it will primarily be Bitcoin, just in, in my opinion. Because to finalize and settle international trade. I'm curious how much weight you give to how nation states interact and adopt Bitcoin. I provided those examples. We all famously know what's going on with Bitcoin down in El Salvador, yesterday being the one-year anniversary of Bitcoin being legalized as legal tender in that country. We slowly are seeing other countries adopt as well. Do you give any weight to these moves by states, or are you more concerned with Bitcoin getting in the hands of individuals? I think, I think I guess I'll bring up if you have not yet subscribed, please hop on over to the Bitcoin Magazine store, use promo code BM Live, get 10% off of the Bitcoin Magazine subscription. We have a new issue coming out shortly. It is called the Orange Party Edition. It is excellent, excellent, excellent. You're not going to want to miss it. Get your subscription now over to the Bitcoin Magazine store, use promo code BM Live. Adam, you back with us? No. Okay. I will answer my own question first. I think there is a degree in which as nation states use it, it is helpful to see the use cases of Bitcoin, but I do not think it's helping to move the needle forward for adoption. And I think statistics like the number of total wallets, the number of UTXOs, and in total, I think just... The number of accounts with more than one Bitcoin, those growing things to me are, that is the signal. I digress. What do you think, Pete? What is between nation states adopting or making moves to adopt Bitcoin, like we saw Russia and Iran do over the last week or El Salvador a year ago, 
are those actions that help push Bitcoin forward? Or is it certain things like, for example, the Canadian government attacking people's bank accounts and then individual citizens now seeing firsthand how and why they need Bitcoin? Someone let Adam back in, please. He's not here, unfortunately. I think it's both, actually. I think that people... I think that when there are these efforts which are sort of more costly from a resource perspective to educate people, it takes more energy, but I think that lays the groundwork for people to be able to understand these things when they are forced to or when they really need to. I think, you know, we talk about this a lot, but there's a reason that the, you know, countries that do not have or that are sort of beholden to the US dollar are so much more easily able to understand and grok Bitcoin rapidly than we are because we live in this country where you know, we get to, we have the undeniable privilege of being in a country that produces the United States dollar. And so I think people will only adopt Bitcoin, but the majority of people will adopt Bitcoin when it is the most convenient to do so and when they, or when they are forced to do so. So it's one of the, you know, I think as there are systems like, as there are systems that solve unique, solve problems in a unique way with Bitcoin, that will also get people to start using it, but it's going to take pain. Pain is the most uh, powerful motivator, in my, my opinion. And it is definitely the best teacher, absolutely. I, I, I think I want to expand on the idea of pain and its individual feeling. Like you have to have something happen to you personally to see the use cases. So to be honest, like I'm just going to say this, Jim Johnson's over on Rumble I genuinely believe the reason you don't see the use cases for Bitcoin and why you think this doesn't work and why you think gold is better is because you've never had to really interact with money in a stateless manner before. We have had the privilege in this country, in the United States of America, to have the global reserve currency. And may we continue to be so lucky, but do not be naive. Your experience in this world is not the only experience. And I hope that whatever lesson comes your way in the future that shows you why you need Bitcoin, it isn't as harmful as many other people's experiences are. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, unfortunately, it looks like we're still having technical difficulties with pulling Adam back in. Adam, if you can hear us, this has been absolutely incredible. Uh, I really, really enjoyed your enthusiasm and your animated antics. We definitely need to have you back on in the very near future when you can get more stable internet. Even, I think it is a testament to, to how awesome you are that even with the technical difficulties, we managed to forge ahead as long as we did. But yeah, Hugh, where do you think we should go from here? We can do our usual uh, Q&A from the audience. We can keep talking about relevant issues as they come up, as we think about them. If anyone has questions, throw it in the audience. I think we can just like riff for a little bit longer. We've got about 15 more minutes anyways to the end of the episode. I mean, do we want to, I don't really feel like discussing the queen, but like we can. I'll, well, I mean, I'll now share, you mentioned it. Now, now we have to. I'll, uh, I'll share from this lens. I, I want to share the story that I shared with, with you and Chris before we started. To, ah, he's back. All right. Ooh. All right. Okay. You guys hear me? Yes, we, we can. hear you. We can. Let's, All right. Let's try. Here, I want to say something about these countries. These countries that say they're going to use Bitcoin for international settlement and everything, they'll do it until they start to lose power over their people. Okay. So it's, it's somewhat gimmicky and 
they they're not going to let bitcoin infiltrate you know people put russia on this pedestal because they uh, speak against the western insanity or whatever you know the west is going down the tube he he puts his foot down against this cultural uh, deterioration whatever the dude will not let his people have bitcoin if it free if it frees them up in any way same with china same with all these countries okay so yeah if they can make some bucks off of it and may, if they get around sanctions at, on a country level, then yeah, they'll use it for the time being. But if it, start, it starts to get into their people's – if their people are able to associate now with anyone they want to financially all over the world, they're going to lose a lot of power. It is really – it's really an empowering mechanism for individuals. So on the government level, they might let it flourish for a while. But man, they will crack down as much as possible if they start losing power on their people, which they will. So I don't, I don't put much. I don't get excited when I hear Russia is using Bitcoin. Okay, what's next? Just what I, I just want the, the Russian regime to go away and just to let their that all regimes over the on this planet let their people just be financially free any way they want to, and that's definitely not going around. So I don't get too crazy about El Salvador too. Because there could be a coup at any moment and then the whole everything changes. All right. Just get it in the hands of the people. Let we need people on the individual level to understand how beneficial it is for true individual freedom. Not for you know countries getting around sanctions, but you getting around being canceled, you getting around private corporations sanctioning you, or you getting around sanctions of government and private organizations working hand in hand to sanction you, which is the very definition of fascism. And fascism is a growing trend in governments all over the world. It's a pretty trendy form of fascism that a Klaus Schwab promotes. You know, the, the stakeholder capitalism is fascism. It is, well, the government says, this is how you have to run your company. It's not private. It's not private property anymore. We have a say on how you're how you're going to do things. That that's uh, that's fascism right there, and it's become very trendy and very palatable. And Bitcoin uh, it, it gets around that stuff right, right there, right then. It lets you associate with anyone. But don't don't fall you know don't fall into this stakeholder capitalism stuff, guys. Only that is not real capitalism. That is fascism. Very, but it's a pretty form of it that that bald Klaus Schwab can say is helping the environment. Oh, God, there's so many gimmicks around it. That's for another show, though. No, it is. I mean, you just said you said the magic words. Klaus is actually, as we're slowly discovering, I guess if you would consider Doctor Frankenstein the monster Frankenstein's father, I would consider Klaus Schwab P's father in that context. <laughs> I take that as a great thank you. So I guess what I'm trying to say. It's a great honor. Dude, man, I don't, I don't know if that guy could even produce a sperm at this point anymore. He's so much of a machine. He's like Darth freaking Vader, okay? It's 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 not useful down there anymore, I don't think. I mean, Yeah, I feel like there's some like horrible monstrosity that like animates his, his well, he's got like He's got like eight vaccines by now, right? I mean, he's gotten like eight boosters. I doubt anything works down there. Can he even be said to be human anymore? I don't think so. No, I don't think he's human anymore. No, no, he looks like... A, He's definitely Darth Vader. He's just put together in a, in, you know, so, some emperor put him together somehow magically. I don't know. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I to Adam's point though, I do believe George Lucas said that 
he is he was a time traveler and saw Klaus Schwab from the future and based Darth Vader on him. So th- this is a true interview. You can look it up. If you, remember, if you remember when they took off Darth Vader's mask at the end of Return of the Jedi, he looked a lot like Klaus Schwab at that at that point. You know, very pale. No, he definitely did. I mean, yeah. Kyle... Conehead by then, yeah. One thing that I think about sometimes, you know, like shower thoughts where you're like, I wonder why, is how it is that so many of these figures that control centralized entities look like caricatures of supervillains. Like truly, if you like went to a character artist and you were like, hey, design me the most crazy looking central banker you possibly could. Like this evil cadre of, of monsters. You'd, you'd produce like Gustus Carson's, you know, like giant, like morbidly obese man. You'd produce Christine Lagarde, the weird like Skeletor, like, you know, you've got Yellen, you've got Klaus. I mean, it's just, there's, it's, we're, we're a bevy of options. I don't know. It's, it's like we're living in a fantasy world. We're living in a movie where these, the, the villains are so obvious <laughs> it's it's really strange it, it it is but still people world economic forum and all that stuff i mean there's a legitimate people consider it very serious i mean he's like it's like he's a big joke I, I don't know it's you know it's clown world we're really living in a clown world and don't don't worry too much i mean don't spend all your days making funny like being paranoid about clash Schwab. I, I i will say this Bitcoin beats him any day of the week. But man, they're going to come up with some, since people just worship leaders like that, they're Fed coins, they're centralized. They're, I mean, CBD, centralized, whatever, the central bank digital currencies, that is a real huge thing for this next decade. I know we don't have time to talk about it. I don't, that's not going to bring down Bitcoin, but man, that is going to enslave a lot of people. It's a really powerful tool in their toolbox of inflation and sanity that has not been tapped at all yet. And wow, we are going to see some wild. I have predicted on other shows in the United States government with FedCoin, we're going to see negative 10% interest rates on, on mortgages, that the government of the United States will offer negative 10% interest rates uh, for people and this might be a way to do to partially do reparations for minorities. Also, it's just like, hey, now we'll let you get a house. Uh, we'll give you negative ten percent interest rate, and people will still default. That'll be amazing. But that's that's the power of Fed coins that has not been exploited at all yet. And World Economic Forum, they'll like it too. But it's a, it's a way of of what's it called? The when you get paid a salary every month, UBI, without working. What's that? Universal called? Basic Income. UBI. Basic, yeah, that they support UBI. Fedcoin is a great way of, of doing a UBI. So, I mean, oh, wow, the, the possibility, the inflationary possibilities are out there. And, and the, because they are, I mean, it, financial control is so powerful. So, yeah, Fedcoin yeah. would be the, a great enslavement system by these people that are outside and inside of government and intertwined with the, It's a great fascist tool. Is, is, is Fedcoin. So, bring it on, compete, don't complain. I, I know that private money will beat fascist money any day of the week. So Yeah, I mean, just to echo on what you were saying, I think it's so interesting because we already have that system templated, right? We have credit cards where basically they're able to massively shift consumer spending patterns simply by sort of positive reinforcement, right? Where you're, you are, you, in, people love to think of like FedCoin being this thing where it's like, oh, you're going to get, you know, $200 in FedCoin. And if you don't spend it within six days, you know, it disappears. 
And it's easy for people to imagine that and to be like, oh, people would riot in the streets. But what they don't realize is the way that, in my opinion, this will be rolled out initially, at least, is it will be like credit cards where it's like, oh, you know, you get $200 in FedCoin and hey, if you spend it on, you know, insect milk within the next two weeks, it counts for double the number of Fed coins. And it's like those systems are so powerful and people will just be like, I mean, why wouldn't I want more? Like I want more milk or it's, I don't know. We're headed down a dark path is what I'm trying to say. I mean, Pete, that system you just introduced, buy a new credit card, spend $1,000, get a 50000 Like that exists. Like to Adam's, po- to Adam's point earlier, it's the same things over and over again. Like we have yield. We have yield in the banking system. That's been introduced. It's been so normalized that people expect that from their money. And then in turn, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to use this thing. Like what's the bonus? What, what do I benefit? What do I stand to gain? If I use this, well, if you use this new money, if you use this new credit card, this amount in this window of time will give you more to spend. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's a recreation of the same things we've become accustomed to because it's a much more palatable thing to swallow versus to absolutely shatter and break everyone's reality over, hey, everything we've done and known about money is just wrong. And we need to start from ground zero. It's a much harder conversation for the state to have, but it's easy for us on an individual level. But I do think, and this is this is something that I get castrated for a lot. And I like I don't know if you remember the conversation we had with Shinobi in Spaces, where I was like, at a certain point, though, the majority of Bitcoin users will not understand the underlying technology as much as those of us here in the space right now, early on. And we have to, I think. Rather than fight against that, we have to create processes and systems that actually help onboard those people and give them the things that they need and recognize that the things they need are not going to be the same as the things that we, who were the early adopters, need and want in our money. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that is a beautiful point. That is, And when we get to the point where most people don't understand what we understand now, that'll be good for Bitcoin. I mean, unfortunately, there'll be a lot of people storing at third parties then, but but whatever. Not everyone can be a technical expert, a technical genius. And so there need to be ways that make it more palatable for normies that we might not like exactly. And, you know, if you have a problem with those companies, then okay, you got to let, let them, you make a company that's for hardcore normies then, okay? Compete, don't complain, right, right, right there. But there's, I mean, there are a lot of people that hate Coinbase for that reason, because it is like the ultimate in like trying to get normies. We're going to give you a yield. We're going to give you, we're going to give you altcoins and everything. Okay, let's see if Swan can do a better job just being pure Bitcoin. Let's see. Is Swan going to be a bigger company or Coinbase? Who's going to be the winner, Swan or Bitcoin? Let Compete, don't complain. Uh, uh, but there do seem like some, there's some people out there that are Swan fans that want like the government to crack down on. Oh no. Well, Adam, we're actually at the end of our show. So the timing is, is, is okay in this case. I think you're back. Okay. We're we're at the end of the show, but I do want to give you the opportunity. This has been amazing. As I said before, can you tell people how they can find you and no, he's gone. Okay. (laughs) Techball on Twitter, T E C H B A L T on Twitter. That's like Technology Baltimore. 
just look up Bitcoin Meister, Adam Meister on YouTube. But Twitter is, you know, the ultimate right now for the Bitcoiners. If you actually, you, you can click on my links there to get to my videos, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T on Twitter. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Pound that like button. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. Bitcoin Magazine and the team that brought you the world's largest Bitcoin conference is bringing the mission of hyper-Bitcoinization global with the inaugural European gathering this fall. Bitcoin Amsterdam takes place October 12th through 14th at the beautiful Westergaas venue in the heart of the city. Join thousands of Bitcoiners for three days of curated Bitcoin content that is relevant to the emerging Bitcoin scene in Europe and the global movement. Confirmed speakers include Dr. Adam Back, Alex Gladstein, Greg Foss, Ray Youssef, and many, many more. This will be an immersive conference which includes hands-on engagements at our Proof of Workshop stage, as well as exclusive content for VIP whales in the deep. Bitcoin Amsterdam's exclamation point will be a massive Bitcoin party and music festival that you won't want to miss. The European installment of Sound Money Fest takes place on day three of the event, October 14th, and admission is included with GA and whale passes. Check out all the details at b.tc forward slash conference and use promo code BMLIVE for 10% off. Ticket prices increase on August 21st, so grab your tickets today for €299 for a GA ticket and €3,499 for VIP whale passes. The censorship-resistant issue of the Bitcoin Magazine print edition is available now. Grab your copy at your local Barnes & Noble store or head on over to the Bitcoin Magazine store and use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your order today.